Welcome once again to CM Conversations, our podcast at Charlton Morris, which sees us speak with a wide variety of people from around the world about the interesting projects or products that they're involved with. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Holland, and I'm head of marketing here at Charlton Morris. Um, Today, we turn our focus onto the industrial sector and the world of smart buildings and IoT, or the Internet of Things. Um, My conversation today is with John Petsy, who is one of the champions of Project Haystack, which is an initiative designed to really streamline the process of getting smart buildings and all the different IoT devices within them, um, sort of talking to each other and, and speaking the same language. You know, in today's built environment where buildings are becoming ever more intelligent, it's unfortunately not as easy as installing a range of products and then having them work harmoniously together. Um, But if that was the case and these products could all work together, then there'd be a lot more that could happen, uh, which is exactly where Project Haystack comes in, um, as John will explain. So, uh, yeah, I hope you find this conversation as enjoyable, as engaging as I did. Um, I'll be back at the end uh, to wrap things up. But if you do have anything you would like to contribute or add to this um, or about any other topics, then please do get in touch uh, using the contact details in the description of this episode. Um, So, thanks a lot for listening, and I'll leave you with my conversation with John Petsy. So, so firstly, John, thank you very much for uh, for joining us today and for, for having the conversation um, with me and, and, and with us, um, you know, in, in this latest episode. Um, if you'd like to start us off, perhaps by by telling us a little bit about yourself and about your background, would that be okay? Yeah, sure. I'll give you a quick quick background. So, my, my name is John Petsy, and uh, my day job is with uh, a software company that we formed called Sky Foundry. We make a software uh, platform called SkySpark, which is used to uh, consume and analyze the data that comes out of IoT devices in the built environment. So in buildings and facilities of all types, everything from meter data to equipment operational data, temperature data, weather data, et cetera. Um, And it performs analytics to find issues, to find patterns that represent faults and deviations and opportunities for improved performance and comfort and safety, et cetera. Um, I've been in the building automation, industrial automation, energy management market for 35 plus years um, with a variety of um, manufacturers of hardware and software products uh, that are involved in automating and controlling what's called the built environment. Uh, My night job or my volunteer job is with an open source organization called Project Haystack. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. But that's a a worldwide open source initiative to um, define standard metadata standards for marking up or defining the meaning of all of the data that comes out of these highly diverse systems. And we'll end up talking a little bit about that. So that's a little bit about me. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. So, I mean, you've been working in this industry you know, like you say for, for 35 years and so you must have seen an absolutely huge change in the way that um in the way that the whole industry is run from you know I'm, I'm assuming that when you first started you know building automation the internet of things wasn't even in the, the conversation was it then I'm, i mean how much have you seen that landscape change yeah well the, well the term internet of things certainly wasn't there but you know connecting um computers and uh, electronic devices that sense and control things, uh, connecting them over networks, 
bringing that information to a pane of glass on a computer. You know, that's been happening since the early 80s, okay? Certainly the technology's got better. What you see on that pane of glass is no longer just a green screen. Um, and the networks used have changed. But, you know, one of the interesting things of having the perspective of being in the industry that long time, you know, we've been connecting things over, over networks and over the early internet for, you know, multiple decades, right? Mm. Um, you know, the internet of things, I think it captures an important thing that's happening to society, which is the explosion of devices that are being cost effectively produced and connected to networks, the value of the information they provide to improve life, to improve efficiency, to improve comfort, safety, whatever. I think that's the trend of the Internet of Things is clearly new. The idea of connecting microprocessor-based devices uh, over a network isn't new, but is changing dramatically. Yeah, and, and I suppose, so with the Internet of Things, um, no, yeah, no, obviously that we're seeing it. We're seeing that arise in, in, in every aspect of our life now, you know, in our cars, in our homes. But um, I think, obviously, where, where you come in, where Project Haystack comes in and, and everything that we're going to talk about is, is within the smart building space. Um, so again, buildings, I mean, just how smart are buildings nowadays, you know, how much is it to take into account and how does IOT play into that? Yeah. So I may, I always try to make an important distinction between buildings that are connected and buildings that are intelligent okay. because the two things are actually separate, right? Um, you know, we can put a lot of people in a room and people can talk with each other, right? They're communicating. It doesn't mean that we're intelligently working on any problem together to come up with a solution. And so there's been a huge advance in the enablement of communication of building systems. But to get intelligent operation requires coordination among those systems. And because there are so many different devices, systems, brands, manufacturers, who does the coordination? Now, in the early days of the building automation industry, that question was pretty much summed up that it was by the one manufacturer you chose. You chose one of the big five brand names and anything that was gonna be connected in your building would have to be connected to that system. So they were the aggregator, the coordinator. Now, what level of intelligent operation and advanced algorithms, of course, in the past, you know, controls, you know, have, have not been that sophisticated or advanced. Um, what we're trying to get at with when we talk about intelligent buildings are coordination in an intelligent way across the different products, devices, and data sources in a building. So that when we, so that, here's a good example, so that we can correlate our energy data coming from a meter that may be from one manufacturer with the operational status of our equipment that might be coming from one or more other vendors' products. And we can see the influence of how the operation of equipment affects our energy. When these pieces of equipment turn on, this is what causes peaks in my energy use, right? That's a aggregation and a, and a correlation that is the first step in intelligence. The next step might be when we see these uh, relationships or correlations, then the control system can take action to do load shedding, to do soft starting, to do other sequences and strategies to intelligently respond to what's being found. That's the end goal um, with intelligent 
you know, buildings from my perspective of controlling the environmental um, systems, right? The, the mm -hmm. comfort, the lighting, et cetera. Okay. So we're moving towards, so, so the idea is obviously that we're moving towards, would it be fair to say that, you know, AI machine learning is coming into this? Yeah. I mean, that is one technique that can be applied to get to our goal. Uh, one of the things we see that, you know, I mean, there's lots of new technology out there and buzzwords take over. AI is not the panacea for everything in a building. AI no. is a tool that works well with certain types of problems. But there's other advanced math techniques, you know, for pattern recognition, frequency domain analysis, calculus, statistical functions. There's a whole suite of math. Machine learning is an important one but it shouldn't be confused that it's some type of magic that just solves everything. It isn't. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's something that in all the industries that we work across, that it's, that is something that does happen. I mean, right the way across the industries that we work in, but also, I mean, I think in recruitment, in the recruitment space, you know, we hear that, yeah. um, you know, there's a clamor to adopt and adapt AI and, um, and, yeah. and try and integrate it for the sake of integrating it because people think it's going to solve all these problems without actually yeah. looking at what, the problem is, you know, <laughs> and in fact, um, if you follow in the, you know, follow the field of AI and read the different, um, you know, people involved on, you know, uh, marketing literature, people involved, they'll tell you that one of the biggest challenges is the data preparation to feed into AI algorithms mm. that, you know, once the algorithms are written, all the work comes down to, I've got to get the data and process and prep that data uh, in a number of ways so that it can be used by the AI algorithms. And of course, that gets to one of the topics, uh, Chris, that you and I were yeah. going to talk about today, the, the work I'm doing with, um, you know, in, in the work the Project Haystack Group is doing, which is to come up with a standardized methodology of how we should describe what these data items are. In other words, add descriptors, but add them in a uniform, standardized, consensus-approved ways so that we can say, you know, this is a temperature sensor measuring air in a room during occupied hours, right? Now, an algorithm, AI or otherwise, can make some decisions and determine that behavior and whether it's right or wrong. Yeah, exactly. So that, yeah, well, that was a, a, a excellent segue from you. So thanks for that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so my understanding of this then, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is so obviously you've got this, this, this building or, or whatever it is, the structure that's got you know, a, a huge range of different um, data sources in it um, that are all from different manufacturers, different places that are all in essence sort of saying things that you can understand, but perhaps in different languages. And, and what Project Haystack is doing is, I suppose, you, you got, you, you've created something that, that democratizes that language, creates one standardized data set through which everyone can communicate. And is it, that work through a process of, of tagging? Is that right? Yeah, tagging. And, and I guess, you know, I like to um, bring people into the thought process about what we're doing for data semantics, which is, you know, kind of an esoteric word. I bring it in this way, right? Um, you know, you, you have a website. And I can bring up my browser and go to your website and read everything you've published. Now, did I get my engineer to talk to your engineer ahead of time so that we could figure out how my computer can read your website? And the answer is no, we didn't have to do that because it already got solved for us. The industry early on in the web developed a standardized markup language. 
you can put whatever text you want on your website, but you're going to use certain markup conventions that my browser can read and go, oh, this is bold. Here's a line feed. Here we're going to embed a picture, right? Mm -hmm. HTML is a markup language. Well, the work we're doing at Project Haystack is similar. It's a markup language, but it's specifically about the data about things. So we can add tags to a temperature or to a sensor and say that it's temperature, air, or pressure, or whatever. And then when a software application, a control system, an analysis app consumes it, it knows what it is. Right? Um, you know, the most basic thing I say to people is, you know, if I if you say a number to me, it has no meaning unless you give me units. If you say, you know, John, it's 76.2, 76.2 what? Degrees Fahrenheit, degrees C. Uh, it's 76.2 kW, right? Units are like the most simple markup to a piece of information that allows us to interpret meaning. All we're doing with Project Haystack is bringing together industry experts who deal with the IoT control systems, devices, and sensors to agree on a standardized vocabulary of how we'll describe the attributes of these things and a standardized taxonomy of how things are organized, right? That's really what we're doing. With that, then, your software application can consume data and automatically know what it means so it can make higher-level intelligent decisions about it. Um, another analogy might be, you know, um, you know, your name is Chris Holland. That doesn't tell me a lot about you. Where do you work? What's your job? Where do you live? What kind of car do you drive, right? Those are attributes of you. Well, those attributes would be expressed in a number of different ways. Uh, Society is getting more and more standardized on the way they're expressing those attributes. That's what Project K-Stack is for machine data, machine information. Okay, that's really interesting. I mean, exactly. So, so I suppose to, to put it in that context, then if you were to find out about me, then um, if you, you know, if you were to use, say, Facebook advertising to target me, then there is that big list of of the will that there is that big list of tags and attributes about me exactly. that you can start to put me into those boxes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're doing something a little less ominous in Project Haystack. <laughs> yeah. We want to be able to make sure that all of these great devices out there and their data can be used effectively, efficiently, without a lot of unnecessary engineering effort, so that we can get to more intelligent operation, so we can get better insights from the data that they provide. So how did you how I mean, how long's Project Haystack been in existence then? How did you get involved with it? Yeah, so uh, it was formed in uh, March of 2011. So uh, it's been out there uh, nine years. Uh, how we get involved is, is actually an interesting story that helps show the challenge and why it's needed. So we formed our company, my day job, Sky Foundry, in um, 2009. And we started working on this challenge of building software to do automated analytics on machine data operating data out of equipment systems. And, uh, you know, so the first thing we ran into is you're going to have all this dissimilar data and it all has different names, right? What standardized approach has industry developed to deal with this problem? And back in 2009, based on my experience and others, we found the industry hadn't dealt with it yet. While the World Wide Web had come up with HTML, otherwise you and I could never share information on a website, right? 
Um, the industries involved in control automation, whether it be commercial or industrial and sensors and the emerging IoT, had never dealt with the problem. So you could buy a device from manufacturer A and the only way you could interpret their information was with the instructions they gave you for their device. And then manufacturer B, a totally different way, et cetera. And this even existed with devices that used a standard protocol. You know, in industrial uh, systems, there's a very common protocol called Modbus. Lots of devices talk Modbus, but if you want to know what the device is saying to you, you have to get what's called the register map from the manufacturer of how they use the ones and zeros, right? And so if I want to integrate all these devices, I ended up with this huge amount of manual effort. So we saw this problem and we worked internally to, okay, we're going to have to come up with a methodology to um, define descriptors. And we looked at what was happening and, you know, the leading edge of software and tagging was an emerging field. And we, we seized on a tagging methodology. And you know what? We built a way to tag the data in our software so that we could work with it. And we looked at each other one day. We go, you know, this is not actually a competitive advantage for us. This is a fundamental problem. We went out, we talked to some of the, uh, in the U.S., the government labs, research labs, energy labs, and they all agreed, everybody instantly, you know, we're finishing our sentences. And we said, well, we got this idea that, you know, using tagging, we can solve this, but what we need is an open source consortium, and we get, we got great response. Yes, do it. And um, we said, great, could some of the labs join in? And they said, we'd be happy to. The problem is we're going to have to go make a, you know, a proposal and it'll be a year or two before we get funded. Can you guys just go and get started? So we took all the work we had done and we open sourced it and we set up a server and we talked to, you know, friends and associates and people who were involved in this problem and said, Hey, come join us. Let's solve this problem in an open source way. We set up an open source initiative, launched it in March, 2011 and people started joining to work out the problem and the solution. Uh, in 2014, we, turned it into an official, um, what's called a 501c nonprofit trade organization um, so that we could uh, produce events, we could uh, expend money on marketing, we could take um, a, a membership and dues so that we could you know, have some money to support the operation. So that's when it started and it's continued to evolve because it's um, handled in an open source method. So somebody comes in and says, hey guys, I know lots about electric meters. Here's, here's my proposal on how we should define the descriptive tags and the taxonomy relationships for electric meters or electrical distribution systems or chillers or boilers or you name it, right? And the birds of a feather get together in working groups to tackle a piece of equipment or a type of system that they understand. And they do it with a standardized methodology that Project Haystack defined and agreed on. So, and so far that methodology has allowed um, working groups to basically come up with descriptive tags and taxonomies for virtually any piece of equipment, sensor, device, et cetera. So that's, that's kind of the background here. And, uh, you know, then now we produce a twice a year magazine. Every other year we produce an event. Uh, but it's still all volunteer, um, open source driven. Yeah, and that's that's another really interesting element of this, I think, isn't it? That that open open source element. So, was like you said, was, was the decision to to pursue that route, and you know, like you said, make it open source, invite everybody in to try and solve that problem as a collective, rather than you guys develop something proprietary and then make people pay to have access to that system. 
what was the what was the thinking behind that? Was it just to get the problem solved globally faster? Um, yeah. So the thinking behind it came out of it really kind of the I mean the world of software. Big cross cutting problems um, are now being solved by open source initiatives. Right. You have to get input from constituents across industry with different levels of knowledge. No one manufacturer or developer could know it all. Um, and it, it, it became clear that it would be served by the open source methodology and the open source culture, right? Come help solve this problem. Come participate. You know, voice your concerns, bring your knowledge, et cetera. So I think at the time we saw the problem and it had become obvious that these are the types of problems solved by open source initiative which gives a foundation that everybody can use and then companies build value added commercial solutions on top of it. But this was kind of a, you know, a costly problem, but not a, one that had commercial value, right? Because it had to be solved across the board, right? Like HTML, you don't pay for HTML, but you might pay for a software application that uses it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, well, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And But so with open source, obviously, that's the benefit of it. I mean, are there any downsides to going down that route? Do you ever get in a position where, you know, it's a, a too many cooks situation where everyone, because everyone everywhere can get involved with it? You get. Um, I mean, there, there are um, downsides and challenges to open source. Actually, it isn't the too many cooks problems. Um, in bringing, you know, open source has not been, or historically was not a big part of the controls and automation industry, both commercial controls and industrial. So surprisingly, while in the world of software, open source culture and methodology are understood, when we introduced it, it was fairly foreign. And what we found is the bigger challenge has been getting participation and helping people understand Nobody's going to hand this to you. You got to join in. You know something about solar arrays? Join and tell us what you know. There had been a tendency to look at standards organizations as something that's going to hand down the answer to you. Yeah. Open source doesn't work together. We come together to solve it, propose the answers, debate them, come to consensus, publish it. Right. And yeah. there is a, still to this day a large portion of people who would, you know, kind of generalizing. No, just tell me the answer. I, I don't know the answer for boilers. I'm not an expert on boilers. You are. You come and help us. Right. Yeah. And um, that has been new. And so that's one of the challenges is getting the participation because your know, work is involved to do it. Um, and so what you find is, you know, we have a couple of thousand people who signed up. Uh, on as part of the organization and part of the discussion forums, et cetera. But probably 10% of that are people who actively work to solve the problems, uh, define the tagging vocabulary, define the tagging taxonomy, et cetera. And is that globally? Is that, so you, you know, that yeah. 2008, is that everyone from all over the world? Yeah, it's, it's a global initiative. You know, there's certainly more concentration in certain areas than others. I would say the biggest concentration of contributions we've seen have been out of North America and uh, Australia, Oceania. There's a right. very strong ethic around efficiency and sustainability down there. We've had a lot of uh, contributions and very active members from that part of the world. Um, increasingly, we're starting to see take up in Europe. We've held some events over there. We're having, we have participants from around the world, but you know, if you plotted them on a on a map, there's more of them in North America and uh, Australia. 
So, so I mean, the with the amount. I mean, you've mentioned a sort of a range of the benefits there. You know, one of which was is obviously efficiency, energy efficiency, and and in the current climate, um, obviously that's a, a massive drive for everyone in every industry. So, you know, Project Haystack say this is this does become standardized i mean what what's the potential here for for for, for what sort of impact could this have if it was adopted yeah. on a global level yeah i mean it, it first of all it's um one of the use cases is to more efficiently analyze energy data and and equipment operational data to drive control decisions that are more efficient that's a use case it's not the only use. I want to bring all the data together from thousands of IoT devices just so I can put it on a web page without lots of work. That's yeah. a use case, right? I can interpret what they are. This is a sensor for this. This is a sensor for this. This, you know, all of that, what's called metadata, can come in with the actual sensor values. And then you can do whatever you want. It can be reporting. It can be analysis. It can be inventorying. It can be, you know, optimized control for energy efficiency. But it's not limited to that. It's really a fundamental problem with the IoT. You know, and when I'm talking about IoT, I'm not talking about cell phones. I'm talking about sensors, devices, equipment systems. Is great. We get an explosion of devices. But if it takes too much work, effort to work with the data from the device, they're just going to sit there blinking their light. They're not going to give people value. And what is the value of device? It's actually the data it produces, right? The data is actually more valuable than the devices themselves. But we need, we don't want to hurt that value because by making it too hard to work with the data. So um, this problem um, is fundamental to the growth of the IoT. There are other organizations and efforts in different segments of industry, government, and others looking at this. Um, our view is that, you know, hey, Project Haystack has got a head start on this. It's completely open source. It's contributed to by a wide range of people from many domains and industries. And it's a completely malleable and extensible um, technology model. The, you know, so let's just all rally around it and solve this problem, right? And it's not commercial in any sense, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, you know, we, we hope people will come around and rally around Haystack or even a merger of, of a com combination of technologies out there, because if we have a hundred different solutions to this, we don't have a solution to this. Yeah. We're back yeah. where we were. We got to figure out the metadata for every single individual device or variation. You're in a position where you're figuring out the, the, the tags for the tagging systems then because there's yeah. so many different ones. Right. For... And that's, so, hey, that's a little better than from a, you know, 100,000 devices, but you know, having yeah. to figure it out from 100 different uh, tagging models, that's the goal should be to get that much smaller. That's fascinating. Okay, fantastic. So, I mean, so, you know, there's clearly huge potential. It's a huge market. And there's, I mean, I mentioned the energy efficiency thing, but it, you know, that's obviously a very tiny part of it in terms of the impact this can have on in a, mm -hmm. a wide range of areas. I mean, so what are the, I suppose, what are the hurdles to stop this project achieving its potential? Is it a case that, so you need manufacturers to sign up to consent to work with Project Haystack? Is it that, is it that the fact that there are, there's a few different projects going on, so the, the effort is split or, you know, what's, what's, what's 
what's yeah. I suppose slow things down? Good question. So, yeah, so I break it down this way. I mean, one is just awareness. Um, you know, I think one of the things about the awareness thing, you know, you, I'm sure you have a smartphone. You can pull up your smartphone and you can get all kinds of information, right? You don't really think about it. It's just been solved. And so what we find is a lot of organizations, um, especially IT groups and others who want to implement I IoT solutions and work with all this data, they actually don't realize this hasn't been solved for the IoT of devices. So awareness, number one, awareness that there's a solution without, you know, because we see people still going and trying to build their own proprietary solution. And we're saying, why? Well, because there was nothing there. And we're saying, well, we're over here. We're sorry you didn't know we were there. So awareness is one, um, and, and then encouraging participation, which I mentioned one of the challenges, a lot of people think, well, there's some standards probably just solved it all, right? They're just gonna tell me what to do. The third one is recognition, which is different than awareness. We know there are numerous major brand name manufacturers using it, who for whatever reason haven't chosen to put their name and logo on the Project Haystack website. Right. Right. Uh, if you will, to, to if you will, um, publicly recognize they're using it. Um, and this is kind of an interesting thing. In, in my role as executive director of Project Haystack, it's one of the things that uh, often has me scratching my head. But, um, you know, in the world of controls and automation throughout the 90s and early 2000s, there was a phase we call the protocol wars where there was a view that one open protocol would solve it all and everybody should rally around only a single one. And there were seriously battles and manufacturers taking positions for or against one protocol or another. We actually believe there's a hangover from that and that manufacturers are afraid to throw in their endorsement with any one solution not because they don't think it might solve their problem, because they're worried that another war is going to emerge and they'll be on the wrong side of it or it'll be perceived wrong. Right. Um, that's a bit. And then the other is the fact that, as I said, there are more than one initiative out there. Um, and, you know, all, you know, we're going to say all started well-meaning. What we've been trying to encourage is people coming together to say, hey, how much difference is there between the solutions? Can we bridge those gaps? Let's just work together. Um, we did, a, you know, uh, it was a very important announcement. We worked with one of the major standards bodies in the buildings industry called ASHRAE, um, Association of Heating, Refrigeration, Air Conditioning Engineers. They're a major standards body. They've been working on this problem, and we started collaborating about uh, almost two years ago to unify the solutions. That doesn't mean they might not publish a standard that's a little different, but it'll mean they'll match up really well in any um, translation would be very simple, right? So we think people could come around um, and uh, collaborate around methodologies for easy interoperation, even if there's a feeling there needs to be multiple metadata standards out there. Great, okay, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you say, I suppose it's a problem that that, you know, many people obviously won't know exists, many people who are in the industry, but I'm sure it's, and and it's something that gets a lot of people thinking it's you know it's there's a lot of parts of it and elements of of this whole situation that people be able to relate to so i suppose to, to finish then john i mean you know what does what does the future hold for the project where do you where do you see project haystack in you know a year's time five years time ten years time um, yeah i would say the activity in the space is actually increasing which is a good thing 
Um, we just released uh, for public review what's called Haystack 4, which is based on the collection of input of, uh, from users who've been applying it for multiple years over new capabilities, feature sets, new ways to solve the problem, actually extending the methodology um, for more comprehensive uh, definition of what are called taxonomies, kind of the hierarchy of how equipment relates to each other, how energy flows happen across systems. Um, so there's been a tremendous advance in the sophistication of the uh, Haystack methodology, all while preserving backward compatibility, I'll mention. Um, and the other thing we see is more people coming in from different um, applications, equipment types, et cetera. Um, the most encouraging is just more understanding of the problem um, because it's really, you know, to understand there's a problem, you know, uh, everybody's busy. We're not going to invest time. But if this is a barrier to achieving the promise of the IoT and the data and value it provides. It is getting solved. The faster it gets solved, the more value society is going to get out of devices, equipment, sensors, et cetera. Um, you know, this uh, initiative is, you know, has tremendous momentum. There will probably be multiple um, standards out there, but I think there that there'll be easy, what's called translation between the dictionaries, right? As opposed to highly diverse proprietary methodologies that can't easily be brought together. And that, that by nature of being proprietary, you know, yeah. won't want to be brought together because right. people exactly. want to look after their own language and their own info and their own cash yeah. flow and, and, as a result. We say that manufacturers, you know, this is something that is just a barrier to all of us. Build your proprietary, you know, commercial product on top of this solution, right? It makes it better for your customers and your product. It actually makes it faster to market because you don't have to solve this in yet one more proprietary siloed way. Let's all solve this part of it, like HTML. Let's make that a standard, build our value on top of it. That was my conversation with John Petsy all about Project Haystack and the work that he and uh, a wide group of volunteers are doing um, to yeah to, to, to get things moving with that or to continue things moving with that uh, with the massive amounts of progress that have already been made. Um, so on the back of that, I mean, if you're in the in the space or not, you know, how do you see this problem being solved? Do you think we'll see a truly global language through which our smart buildings can be? smarter than ever or I mean if if you're not in the in the space you know how smart can our smart buildings and smart cities actually get we've seen progress that was you know unprecedented in the last decade you know what does what where will we be in 2030 24 even 2050 um, in this sort of area um, you know, if you've got an opinion or comment or feedback on this then please do get in touch um, using those details that are in the description of this episode um, but yeah that's all for today so thanks again to John um, and you know I wish him and, and, and all his team the best of luck with with the ongoing project that is Project Haystack and until next time thanks a lot for listening